and welcome back to the live series podcast brought to you by Amicus Recruitment. This is the podcast that gives you insight into the life and role of tech leaders from all over the world. Today, I'm joined by Abdallah Musmar, who's director over at PwC. Abdallah, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you doing? Thank you, Heather. I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Like we're recording this. I know we're on different time zones, but I'm recording this uh, late on a Friday afternoon. So I'm kind of was looking forward to this all week, really. And like, it's a nice way to end end the week, having a nice chat um, with you on this podcast. So yeah, like, how's your week been so far? I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, beginning of the year, you know. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all right. Uh, the Yeah, the, the, the weeks are, uh, there's... Um, okay, can we cut? I'm sorry. That's absolutely fine. Don't worry. I'll, well, yeah, cause, I'll just keep it going and I'll just edit it out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because I didn't want to talk about my, like, the leap and stuff. So I didn't yeah, know. No, that's to totally say. fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. So, I'll, yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll just skip out that bit completely. So Okay, all right. <laughs> totally fine. So I'll just kick it off with that first question. So it's going to be, what does your current role involve? Like, obviously, you could go into that as much as you like. Um, are you comfortable okay. with me asking that? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, sweet. Okay, so... So what um, does your current role involve? <laughs> yeah, so uh, currently my role involves uh, leading development and uh, deployment of uh, machine learning uh, models uh, that help uh, transform some of the business processes we have at PwC. It's internally to the firm. Uh, it's really exciting because I get to see a lot of... Uh, processes around the different areas of the firm and I get to work with many different people so there's a lot of learning and also I meet uh, daily with a lot of bright folks and get the chance to work with them so it's it's really awesome honestly yeah it sounds it to be fair I know when we chatted a little bit before it sounds like a really interesting kind of day-to-day -day life you've got going on what what does the day-to-day -day life look like for someone in that position so uh, there is a little bit of uh, business development slash strategy approach where I uh, talk to many different people across the firm and leaders who are working on their processes and trying to understand what they are interested in and how they can close some gaps and how they can make some improvements. And uh, there is also a big portion where I talk to my team and try to uh, basically uh, build uh, the models and systems and apps uh, together and collaborate with the team and, and understand where we need to work on our priorities and, and how to be able to scale up our solutions. Um, so there is there's a little bit of a blend between uh, a business type of uh, uh, tasks and, and technical tasks. Yeah, sure. I think I find that a lot of people um, have that sort of response, especially in a leadership role where it is, you're not, it isn't just pure tech like a lot of people would expect it to be. Like in, if you're in a leadership position, you do have to kind of juggle a bunch of stuff across the board. Um, so just tell me a little bit, obviously you're a director now, um, which is super impressive. Um, where did you kind of start everything in your career? How did you begin? Oh, thanks, Heather. So I started my career uh, in uh, consulting uh, way back with Hewlett Packard. Uh, uh, that was about 10 years ago. And, and at that time, I just got out of school with my master's degree from Carnegie Mellon uh, 
And I was not really skilled in data science because that field was emerging. So there was like no data science track or machine learning track. It was just maybe, you know, a couple of courses that you get to take in your master's degree in, in information systems or in computer science. And you get to know a little bit about the field. So I, I started working on many different areas in analytics where I gained a lot of experience. It was uh, scattered all over like uh, data wrangling, data loading, uh, and uh, business intelligence. And for me personally, I always wanted to do more than that. And the reason was because I felt that the interesting part is not just uh, the the kind of like the task that I'm working on, but more of what can I do with the data that's on my hand and what can I be able to leverage with that? So uh, I, I always wanted to get into that area and to break into it. And, and that's how I started. Um, I worked in consulting with client-facing roles basically for five years across subsidiaries of Hewlett Packard when it uh, basically uh, became two companies and I started working with Hewlett Packard Enterprise and then with the DXT technology with this merger. Um, and, and that gave me an opportunity to work with many different clients and challenging uh, analytics projects. Most of the time, when I started, my role was not heavily focused on data science, but I was basically doing a lot of um, training on my own and, and scaling up. And, and I learned SAS and R and, and Python. And what I was able to do was that on top of my role, I was providing value. For example, uh, would train a model on the data set and then show some predictions with like accuracy that's at least 80% or something like that. So I would at least be able to provide some, some value out of the data that I'm currently working with. And that gives an edge. That's what I think the best way for someone who wants to break into a role is to be able like, you know, to be comfortable with a big data set, see uh, and kind of, you know, work with it for a while, for a few weeks at least to get to see some things going on with it and see what they can do with it. Sure. Is that kind of what made you want to progress further into um, the data science side of things? Yes. My, I was always fascinated about how model predictions were um, being able to accurately predict something that, you know, is not happening right now. So to kind of trace that back a little bit more, I, I was in electrical and computer engineering. Like that was my original bachelor's degree. It didn't have anything to do with data science or machine learning. And it was about hardware. I was really happy with it. And I wanted to just build, you know, robots and computers pretty much. And what, what happened was that one, one time in my master's degree, what we got like a glimpse of what can, you know, even a simple, really well-built machine learning model can do. Um, and it was about like uh, crime, uh, predicting basically uh, police car routes based on uh, crime uh, data. And I thought that would be to reduce like the time of distress, like when someone is calling 911, for example, 
for, for the police to be able to take the minimum amount of time to, to go to the destination. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a really interesting problem and it kind of turned the light bulb on. And I thought if that's just, you know, one, one area, well, 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 we have a lot of data, we can do so much with it. So I just kept going on, like chasing this, this small uh, road and this is where it led to. <laughs> I love that. And I especially love the idea that you had there. Like it, it is um, a very, very interesting um, thing to be thinking about, isn't it? Um, so it, what what did you do like to kind of make it easier to, to progress? So you said there was a couple of masters and things in there. Obviously, you, you have a PhD. Um, was that something that you did to, I mean, it could be all these reasons, but did you want to do that to make your work life easier or to, in, in terms of like maybe finding like a higher paid role or in terms of just developing personally, or did you have a specific thing in mind that you wanted to research? Yeah, I had a specific thing in mind. I wanted to get my PhD in order for me to understand more about the, uh, in-depth parts of machine learning and deep learning. And from day one, when I went to the PhD program, I told them, like, I, I, I want to specialize in this area. So the reason is because I tried to go through certificates and many different like courses here and there, and they were really useful. And I was building my own portfolio, but in terms of where my career was heading, I always felt that when you go and try to apply something you learned in a course like this, um, you will hit potentially many roadblocks. And it's, it's normal in data science projects that, that happens, like that is the expected thing to happen. But maneuvering around those roadblocks is extremely tricky. And sometimes you run out of options, you don't know where to go with this. So that's why there is actually like, potential of failure for some data science projects and sometimes the data is not good enough or or there's many other reasons but the reason why I wanted to go with a PhD is to kind of have some some more uh, like a mentality of being able to solve complicated problems a problem that I thought before I couldn't handle <laughs> so um the the education that I got was much more substantial than that, and it did change my personality. It changed my mentality, too, because uh, I felt like going through a PhD program, it opened my eye into how much or how little knowledge you actually have versus how much is out there. And I learned how to read much more efficiently. That was... I think the thing that really changed me um, and uh, not just like to glimpse over things or, or go over things and try to apply them just step by step, no, just to read and synthesize information and then be able to have my own, you know, original opinion and approach or method and, and have it validated and tested and be something that I actually can like argue with, with, with other people. So that was the real value for a PhD program for me. Yeah, it does sound super high value. Um, and I, I really like the idea of, you know, because 
I think it, I, I kind of expected you to say that, you know, you didn't do it just so you could get a better paid role and stuff. But I think it is like a, a rare, but definitely is a reason that a lot of people yeah. go for something like that. Maybe yeah. less so in tech and maybe definitely less so in sort of machine learning and deep learning. But it is a reason for a lot of people. So I love that that that, that was yeah. a good thing and you did just want to personally develop and... Thank you. And and I also had another plan. I want to kind of just, uh, that was my, this is my personal plan. I thought like there is, you know, a, I probably heard of a vicious cycle, like you need experience to get a, you know, the job and then you need the job to get more experience. Mm -hmm. So I thought like, what if I can do something to kind of make this cycle in my favor instead? Mm -hmm. And um, the way that you can do that is that if you're going to be able like to, uh, learn a very highly valuable skill something that's high in demand and it's very hard to get but i think i can get it and at the same time still gain experience while i'm doing it mm -hmm. then basically i get a really good advantage i can uh, apply to things that i learned that is very hard to get from anyone else and at the same time i get the experience to know what exactly i need to learn so it's a cycle that's basically in my favor instead of some a cycle that works against me. Yeah, it's so a very I, intelligent way of going about yeah. this, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it. I guess it doesn't apply to everybody. Otherwise, everybody would would have a doctorate. Um, but would in terms of your specific role or your specific industry, would you recommend it for other developers, for other machine learning professionals to? not only just delve that deeply but even if they had their own other reasons like if they would to just do it to get a better paid job for example i know it's a rubbish reason but would would you recommend it and i don't know if that's an obvious question or not because i kind of feel like uh, it wouldn't necessarily apply to everybody but what do you think yeah i would recommend it if someone has you know the will and the determination to go through it because it's uh, uh it's highly demanding of your time and your attention on constant basis so uh, that's that's the thing like not just with the phd you know anything that that you want to go through like a transformational process it's it's not just how hard it is it's that every day you have to do it so uh for even just like one hour so you have to like for example phd at least read you know a couple of papers not every day maybe you will read you know endlessly but at least you know learn something that could be valuable and and it's a marathon so if someone has the will to do it and they see the value of it i definitely recommend it but for as you said for many people like probably for a short for a short term gain for uh, just like you know changing position getting promotion it's probably overkill and maybe it's something that i would say like consider other alternatives before you do that uh, I, I i did it again like as i said because i thought i can i can take this on and i was personally interested in doing it so yeah and that's I, in my opinion i think that's absolutely the right reason as well um yeah. i only know a handful of people obviously i'm from a marketing background and i feel like something that isn't so kind of um technical like marketing well in some aspects anyway um isn't isn't you know you don't you don't necessarily require a phd but it is it's generally i mean i suppose you don't require a phd for for a few things but 
just having that deeper understanding um, can kind of add value across not only your career, but across all kind of walks of, of, of life. Do you think that you've developed different elements of your career? Like what I'm, I'm trying to sort of somehow segue this into trying to figure out how it's affected your transferable skills. Um, so let's talk about kind of like hiring and things like that and the way that you view the teams that you're in charge of, for example, or your colleagues or someone like that. Like, do you feel like getting that PhD has affected your transferable skills for the better? I imagine they wouldn't be affected for the worse. Um, oh, yeah. Has it helped kind of things like communication, management of teams and things like that? It did. It did. But I want to say it was probably like my work experience was playing a higher factor in that. But what the PhD gave me is that because there are many candidates who are actually uh, highly intelligent people and this field, like specifically uh, ML and, and the developers, if someone is working in a technical role, some of those people are actually super intelligent, but their communication skills are not their strongest suit. So I just need to understand like the mentality of that person. And that, that part gave me the edge to, to be able to do that. And I know uh, how they think and, and how they are going to be able like, to do a job. Sometimes they come up with amazing ideas. So uh, that helped me for sure. As for my, for my work experience, just you know, cross collaborations within teams and being able to see uh, how many other areas of the firm work, that also gave me, and, and the firm's uh, like specific standards and policies of how to lead and how to hire, that also contributed heavily in how I developed and how I was like basically hiring and, and being able to look into candidates. I love that kind of insight of like being able to figure out, I just loved your answer basically, like when you say like, you know, you needed to, it didn't help you kind of across the board, but being able to figure out what your colleagues, how they work, um, is really inspired um, and a true engineer at heart, I imagine, to be fair. Um, so what, in terms of hiring, like what, what is that something that you have a lot to do with? Um, is that something that you kind of have a lot of input on? What does your kind of ideal hiring structure look like um, in terms of how many stages? Are you a fan of tech tests and things like that? Um, I... I had I had a say in a few of the hiring roles that that we had uh, in my team specifically. I have have say, um, and it it varies really like the stages. It's uh, it's hard to give a specific answer, but what I'm going to try to say is that uh, there are certain things that I personally would look for, um, and one of the things or the main thing that I would look for is kind of an, an overall view of the person and trying to see, do I think that this person can do this specific thing that I have, you know, a job listing for? So like, like just to kind of make it a little bit uh, uh, easier to relate to, like, would I be able to hear, you know, the people that are working with this person coming back to me and telling me, yeah, this is great and we're able to figure out what we need and this is a great hire. And fortunately, I have heard this a few times, so I'm happy with that. 
and that's the way I that's the way I look at it. Like I need I need to be able to rely and depend on this person and and be able to feel like uh, they represent the team and and be able to do the the work that 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 is basically you know we're hiring them for. How how do you judge that in in an interview process? Yeah, so um, there is a collection of things that that I look at. So definitely, since you know the roles are technical, you need to look into the technical abilities. So uh, the way I would look at it is that I look into how they uh, performed from their previous roles. Like for example, I personally am not really in favor of coding tests because they are highly hypothetical and someone could I, I and you probably know this someone could do so well in a test or so poorly in a test and the result afterwards could be so different like the a test in itself in education in general is, is like a measure of basically this very controlled environment how well you do in it so to me, it doesn't really translate into an actual environment. It, it's uh, it's not fair in my opinion. So uh, what I look for is how did they be? How were they able to perform in their past roles? I focus on that heavily, and then I focus on the collection of skills. Try to see like how do they blend together? So if they work, for example, in two or three different technologies. So what did they do with these technologies? How do they balance them out? And and then I kind of look into the second area. How do they talk? Uh, how, how do they be able to carry themselves? Like, is, this, uh, is it easy to talk to this person? Is it easy to understand them? And um, do they listen and uh, be able to have a good conversation? And, and that weighs heavily in the way I look into a candidate. Um, so... It's it's about like uh, having a valuable discussion and and being able to 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 have it both ways so I can I can understand them and they can understand me. Yeah, sure. I mean, I know it's cliche, but there is always that thing of the candidate specking out kind of the employer as well as it being the other way around in interviews, and especially if if you can't really gauge that I feel like that sometimes in interviews especially if they're less experienced I would have probably said then you can find someone is a little bit of a rabbit in the headlights and they're not really able to kind of hold a sophisticated conversation through it could be for any reason um, but that kind of set the kind of pressured environment of of tech tests I agree with you on that I think that is um, yeah. the whole thing's kind of pressured anyway right being an interview is a scary situation for a lot it of is people, so. yeah just holding a but, conversation, like you said, is, is an important thing to be able to do. It, absolutely, yeah. I try to see, like, are they an effective communicator and are they a really good problem solver? Like, just to kind of maybe, like, summarize all of that. But, yeah, that, that, that's the way I think about it. Yeah, no, I think it's a really well-rounded way of looking at it, to be honest. Um, yeah. So I've got kind of two um, questions, roughly, to, to ask you the kind of running along the same lines of questions I usually ask my guests, um, give or take a, a word change here or there. But um, obviously we've kind of chatted a lot about um, leadership and I really love your kind of analytical um, way of, of looking into how you kind of 
approach other people who you work with as a leader and I think that's something to be admired um what attributes do you think kind of makes a good leader in in tech specifically uh that's a really good question I'm I'm gonna try to gather my thoughts here and think about it <laughs> that's okay generally <laughs> I would say a good leader in tech and overall like a good leader for for any team that matters someone who is going to be able to um, have really high chemistry in their team. So someone who is like, for example, in tech specifically, where you feel like, you know, the people who are doing the work in the team are, are contributing and having, being able to translate their ideas into action uh, and being, you know, people of high value. Uh, so, so the number one thing I would say is, you know, having a highly productive team with high chemistry. And, and that's something I was fortunate to see in multiple areas uh, where, where I have worked in the past. It's um, uh, honestly, it makes your day. Like you, you'd be able to, uh, to like do your part and rely on the other person to, to finish theirs. You can talk through them. You'd be able to um, have kind of this, uh, this feeling where you know uh work is getting done at the same time we're having a good time so uh i think the leader sets the tone for this that's that's definitely my number one uh quality in it the second one i would say is um probably a, a leader has to be able to uh set a really good example of what they're trying to accomplish or like you know have clear objectives specifically in tech because i think it's it could get very uh complicated very quickly so um the uh, ai project i worked on, on many ai projects and there is like a lot of uh, fires you have to put in a lot of ways this project can go sideways so having a clear objective back in mind where like after a sprint or after, you know, uh, hitting a certain milestone, we understand like, I, I think we need to hit, hit this goal so that this project can go is something where the team can get some consensus. And, and then like, you know, of course, not just the leader has to come up with this. Like it's probably better if they can collaboratively come up with the right consensus of what needs to be done and, uh, and how can we get there? Uh, and just having an objective makes things a little bit easier for the team and not, you know, have a lot of chaos going on. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think elements of that could definitely apply across marketing. I don't know about other industries, uh, but less chaos is always welcome. Um, in terms of, so that's a really, really good answer. Um, in terms of um, advice, I know apart from maybe get a PhD and, and deep dive, uh, what kind of advice uh, would you have for people who were looking to be in a similar position to you? Um, so the first thing I would say is uh, uh, have an internal plan uh, on your own, you know, self-development. I personally have this since I can't remember, like since I probably started studying in college. Maybe. Um, I always think like where I want to be in the next few years. So like every, uh, everything that I have today, I actually have thought and kind of like, you know, envisioned this maybe six or seven years ago. 
I thought like I'm going. I want. I want to become a leader. I want to become an expert in my field, and I want that to be data science. I want to be able to know what I want to do. And then I. Not every single day I was able to go forward. But at least I had that objective in my mind, and I know my weaknesses. So I would just uh, keep trying. Sometimes you know things go extremely well and you just keep closing the gaps and trying to get closer and closer to your objective. So having, having a clear cut objective of what you wanna be in the future uh, helps for me at least uh, keeping up uh, your mentality and keeping up uh, your plan. And the second thing I would say is, you know, uh, try to learn from others as much as you can. I, uh, this is one of the hardest things to do in AI and machine learning, I would say, because the field is new. There's so many different specialties. Like, you know, you can, things that are done in image processing are so different than things that are done in like, for example, time series forecasting for finance. Like that's a totally different ballgame. So it's okay to like, yeah, probably feeling comfortable for not, like having that pressure to need to know every single model out there and how it does uh, its uh, predictions and how you should deploy it is probably not not necessarily like a good route to go, but just being able to talk to those people, understand what they're doing, uh, it could help massively because it, it uh, basically gives you the chance sometimes to transfer things over from one, one discipline to another. And that's something I learned, like, you know, in research, it's, um, it's, it's, it's not an easy skill to do, but it's quite possible to have a theory in a field, like, for example, in agriculture, and then see a different problem in business and say, like, yeah, maybe this theory, if we extend it, or if we change some of it, and then test us uh, several hypotheses around it, maybe we could come up with a brand new solution. So, um, Talking to to other people opened so many doors for me, and networking around. That's something that uh, also PwC strongly encourages. So I was I was uh, uh, I think lucky to be in an environment that encourages me to talk to as many people as I can, and and, and yeah, uh, don't don't give up. <laughs> yeah. that's a great one to finish on um i definitely agree with networking in, in any industry is super important isn't it you, you don't i think realize how much you can learn until you're really there doing it um so i totally agree with you on that listen abdallah honestly it's been definitely one of the most interesting episodes um i know i said to you just before we started recording i don't think i've had anyone with a phd on before so i really wanted to dive into that side of things and, and we definitely did and it was super interesting thank you so much for your time you're welcome. Yeah, and I had a great time as well. Thank you again. Thank well, you for having me. No, you're absolutely welcome. So if you're uh, watching on YouTube, you can hover over the logo in this corner. I think it's sometimes that corner. I never get that right. Um, and you can hit subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok for updates. Head over to our website, amicusjobs.com, for tech news, webinars, blogs, and keep up to date on the latest Python, Golang, JavaScript, machine learning uh, roles all over the world. Adela, thank you again. You're welcome. <laughs>